Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. AI is making waves in every field it touches. President Biden is now on TikTok and the election draws closer each day. With so much going on in the world, it is hard to keep up with it all, let me tell you. Hi, I'm Kai Rizdal, the co-host of Make Me Smart. It's a podcast from Marketplace. And every weekday, Kimberly Adams and I break down the latest in business and the economy with short daily episodes to make it easy for you to stay in the know. Listen to Make Me Smart wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Hello, everybody. This is Sebastian DiNatale, segment director for The Daily Show. And we are back with another... You gotta be quiet, because I gotta intro you. I know, but I've never seen this side of you. Well, don't... Okay, okay, okay. okay, I have to introduce you as like a surprise. Today, we're here with Daily Show correspondent and guest host for one entire show. (laughs) And it's interesting, because most people got a whole week to host The Daily Show. Uh, But for you, they said, now, you know what? This guy... His perspective, he's got about 22 minutes of it, and that's what we need from him. That's including the guests. And it's including the guests, which (laughs) went very long, and it's Mr. Funny Pants himself. We call him Mr. Ronnie Chang. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is a side of you I've never seen. Oh, come this on polished now. presenter side oh, is. Oh, please. I'm very polished. Very unlike your day-to-day. Stop. Stop. <laughs> That's so fun. So you were correspondent here for a long time. Yeah. And you recently hosted. Well, you're, you're a course, you, yes. but you've been a correspondent here for a long time, yes. but then you got asked to host. Yes. yes, which was very cool. And what was that like? What was your hosting day like? Uh, it was great. It felt like I was in charge of, uh, like, cleaning the floors in the kitchen for eight years and then one day they ask you to yeah you know be the chef and you're like oh i've seen this for eight years i kind of know what you know at at the very least i didn't feel nervous about it because i trusted everyone around me and you were witnessing all of the chefs and everyone exactly every day and so i kind of i couldn't have been more prepared for it you know quite frankly was there a big transition between correspondent hat and host hat for me, no, because one, I maybe I downplayed it. I didn't want to get in my head too much. Yeah. And two, if you really break it down, there's not much more other than the topics you're talking about. So as the host, you you have to cover everything. But as the correspondent, you get to come in and kind of hit on a very specific topic or, or segment and then get out. Whereas gotcha. as the host, you're kind of like, whatever happened that day, it's on you. Right. You got to talk about everything that day. So apparently close to a truce in the Middle East. That's right. I accomplished what no other Daily Show host could. Sure, maybe if you gave me the job permanently, I could solve this. But for now, here's what you get. The difference between being a five-second kind of uh, joke versus you have to maintain the pace for the whole show so you Mm. can't go too hard. Yeah. The whole time, you know, you yeah. have to have a good pace. That throughout. flow, you got to have yeah. that flow. Yeah. Whereas as a correspondent, your only job was to hit a home run a- any way you could, as much as you could, just keep hitting it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so. so for when you went into the host chair, yeah. you recognized like there will be some lulls here. 
there should be some momentum building. <laughs> yeah, momentum building. I also, uh, I think the biggest thing on that idea was also like, I have to be more likable as the host. I see. You can't just come in and do your correspondent persona. You want to, yeah, you're yeah. basically kind of straight manning for the show. Yeah, you're kind of straight you want the audience to be on your side. Yes, and... yes. You want them on your side and you want them, um, like I said, it's kind of about pace. Like you don't want to burn out the pace too yeah. soon, I think. Did you feel like hosting the show, were you able to slip into like a stand-up uh, mentality in terms of how you were presenting to the audience, how you were reacting to the audience? No. Or was it kind of a different uh, perspective? Wow. That's a, that's a, yeah, that's a very nuanced question. Thank uh, you. I think like the show and stand-up has always been pretty different. The The skill sets overlap. But uh, I think I was trying to channel... Not not so much channeling stand-up, but I was definitely trying to channel everyone I've been watching over the last eight years, Trevor and John, and how they would host, and how their pacing would go, and how mm. they would bring you into stories. Yeah. You know, I think John and Trevor are really good at bringing you into a story, which again, it's different skill set to like hitting a home run. So I, I, I was very conscious of trying to bring people into stories of like, hey, this is what's happening today, this is crazy, and then... You know, making sure the jokes I were doing were want to one-dimensional in terms of uh, yelling or just being angry or whatever. I was I was conscious of kind of being a bit more multi-dimensional with the jokes. You know, instead of just being a correspondent yeah. character, which which sometimes is one-dimensional and it works because that's the point of it is that you're you're playing a one-dimensional character ironically. Yeah. But as a host, you're you know you're not supposed to do that. You co-hosted mm. an app with Costa. Yeah. Welcome to the Daily Show. I'm Michael Costa. And I'm Rodney Chang. That's right, tonight you're getting two hosts for the price of one. Wait. Wait, are they cutting our paychecks in half? Uh, no, they're just not paying you. All right, so let's just get right into the headlines. What was that like compared to solo hosting? Yeah, the co- dual hosting. Co-hosting uh, was in a way easier because it's a much lighter lift in, mm. in terms of just pure minutes on okay, screen. sure. In terms of minutes you have to perform, it was just less. You're right. But it was a bit, uh, the difficulty was in getting a rapport with Costa that makes sense for the show and not just being, um, you do a joke, I do a joke, you do a joke, I do a joke. It's, it, we were trying to get some kind of rapport and and we really had nothing to go off of. Mm. So we, we had to kind of develop it you know, ourselves. Your rapport and chemistry, basically? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not even just rapport and chemistry because we're good friends, but it's more like, how are we going to do this on the show? How are we going to present this two-host thing without it being very uh, uh, siloed off? Sure. Yeah. Because you need kind of a, a perspective. Team, yeah. Because yeah. we're co-hosting, we have to be a team. So how, right. how, how does that even, what does that even look like? Co-hosting also made it less scary hosting. Because right. I kind of already... Got a teammate. Yeah, I literally got, I got to see what it was like to half-host a show. Sure. So sure. I, I couldn't have had better kind of skill set build up, you know. Oh what I mean? yeah, yeah. Correspond eight years, I got the half host of show and then I got a host of show. So yeah. I felt like I couldn't be more prepared. Yeah. And John Oliver came in and he was a great guest, you know. John Oliver is um he's a British guy. Yeah. He's, a, <laughs> yes. he's a former correspondent on the show. He's a very British former guy. host of the show for former a host, s- yeah. small period of time. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys talked about being immigrants. Yes. Doing comedy in America yes. coming over doing comedy in America. Yeah. You told me it took you two years yeah. to relearn how to do comedy in America. I think that's probably true. You were yeah. spot on to the yeah. day, by the yeah. way. I was, in hindsight, I was like, oh my God. Because I remember there was a day I was in New York City gigging at some comedy club 
and it, it was two years in, literally almost to the day. And I remember things just starting to click a little bit yeah. of like relearning how to do comedy. Because again, like you, like me, we were doing comedy outside of America yes. before we even came here. Yeah, and so I think the outsider perspective in comedy always works. The thing with being an immigrant here is you kind of have to learn the exact ways that your outsider perspective can translate. Yeah. So you kind of have to learn basically how that can work. And once it does, you're fine. But until that point, it does feel a little bit like uncharted waters. I feel like he's one of the few people who could relate to yeah. that. Such a specific experience, being a non-American correspondent on a daily show. Mm. You know, technically Sam B, Jason Jones are Canadian. Well, Canadians are basically Americans. Yeah, They're more polite Americans. Yeah. Not Jason, <laughs> but Sam, certainly. <laughs> oh man, really going for it on this podcast. <laughs> he's a great guy, I know, we love him. And then, um, so not technically the first non-American correspondent, but still, in many ways, the first very foreign. Yeah correspond on a daily show so did you find coming in like i'm going to give an international perspective i'm going to do this the immigrant way versus trying to do it the american way or is there an american way yeah it's a really good question Thank i think you. i think trevor was already there so he kind of set the bar for right. being non-american yeah and having a non-american perspective very non-american perspective i would say and so i didn't feel the pressure to bring that and in some ways you know the daily show and american entertainment i would say they don't always want a foreign perspective. Sometimes sure. it's too foreign. Yeah. And it's not even a conscious thing. It's not even racism or anything. It's just like, it's too alien. It's too, a the perspective is literally, we don't understand how you could be from a country that doesn't have guns and has good healthcare. Sure. And why you would think that's a good thing. And right. when, you, when you start talking about it, because they, they haven't even experienced what, healthcare looks like right so, and yeah, yeah in terms of like a joke that setup is completely different because you have right. a different basis of yeah. reality than right. an american audience right and and it's not racism it's just it's just completely uh, when you get into a very nuanced joke that it, they don't even get your perspective from sure. what you're saying yeah not that they don't want to they just they haven't seen that they before. don't have that basis yeah that so, makes sense so 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 to answer your question a lot of a lot of the time i had to americanize more than oh give give an international perspective. I had to be more American yeah. to make sure I was landing the jokes. Because at the end of the day, The Daily Show is about American politics. Yeah, for the so, most part, yeah. For the most part, you know. Yeah. And so the international perspective helps a lot in terms of just giving a different look sure. at something, right? Yeah. So you have, hopefully you have an original idea that someone in America hasn't thought of just because you have a different perspective. But at the end of the day, we're talking about American politics. The audience is predominantly American. If we try to do... Uh, Australian perspective for The Daily Show, I think we all be out the door. So host, yeah. correspondent, yeah. and stand-up comedian. Yeah. Three kind of different types of comedic roles. Yeah. You also, for your week, and yeah. you've done this repeatedly, oh, yeah, we did a sketch. but you also are a sketch actor as well. Oh. Well, I, an actor. You're an actor as well. Okay, you act in be. movies. I try to be, yeah. You're yeah. not playing a stand-up and you're sure. in Megan, sure, that's right? Fair. Yeah. So for your sketches... Because you and I did a sketch for your week. Yes, thank you very much. Thank, thank you so much for doing it. So one of the sketches, we did these people behind the people. Yeah. Where it's kind of a sort of look into these more mundane figures in non-mundane characters. Wow. You so, that was the most boring description of a comedy so sketch much. I've ever... Well, yeah. you know, it's truth and comedy. Yeah. But you played Trump's scheduler. Yeah. And that was a funny premise because he has a really busy schedule. 
I have a color-coded system that falls apart every 10 minutes, but red is for state court prep, blue is for federal court cases, yellow is New York City court cases, purple is for time he spends with his kids, but I also use it for uh, fraud charge cases because uh, they basically overlap. How do you approach comedic acting versus correspondenting, or is it the same thing? When it comes into sketch, I, I try to get into the zone more. Like when you're doing stand-up, it's basically you're trying to, in my opinion, get to your own true opinion on a su- subject. So yeah. in many ways, you're trying to get to your own point of view as soon as you can and no one else's. You're trying to be as specific to your own point of view as possible. Sure. As a correspondent, you are working with other people to get to a middle ground perspective, meaning your own point of view plus other people's mixed in. Mm-hmm. And with sketch, you're completely someone else's point of view. Is right. my is my opinion on it. So when you're doing sketch, you totally gotta get into a character. You have to like think like the character in the scene. You have to um, emote like the character. Uh, do you try to bring truth to your acting roles? Yeah, I do. Okay. I, that's the only way I can do it. That, no, that's good. That's great. If I don't do that, I feel like I'm doing a bad job. If yeah. I don't get into the character, I'm like, I think I'm half-assing this. Sure. Even, and even for a comedy sketch, you know, you don't want to. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's great. I know a lot of comedic actors, especially, will you know either pretend or oh. they'll they'll just. You I know. used to do that probably, but yeah. I, I think I've gotten more experience with acting, and I kind of know where I have to go to get into a zone a little bit better. So, uh, yeah, but you know, it's so funny. We're talking so seriously about all this stuff. At the end of the day, it's like so much of it is just an art feel, right? Like when you're doing comedy, don't you feel like there's a feel for it that you? Sure. Yeah. You, know? you mean like in terms of the. What the audience is getting out of it or what I'm getting out of it? What For you to make something that you think is good, don't you think a lot of it is feel? On sure, the day? instincts. Instinct, yeah, instincts, you know, feel, you can't, yeah. You can't, like... So for me, the best comedy sketches um, are the ones that are funny on the page. Yeah. And then we find magic on the day. Sure, sure. And if you rely too much on either, I'm like, oh, it's 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 it'll be good, but it's not going to be great. Totally. You, know? yeah. you have to have the preparation. And I, I still am a huge proponent of like rehearsal, for example, because yes. once you know the lines, you can change the lines. Yes, yes, yes. And then on the day, because yes. we found a lot of funny stuff on that day. Yes. You're, very st- you're a huge stickler for rehearsal, which is good. Hosh Taskmaster. Well, you know, we, it, that's... In a good way. Yeah, I think that's what the, you know, Best, That's what it takes the best good. things you can get out of people is when they know what at least the baseline is and then yeah. they can go off the rails a little bit. You want good writing on the page and then you want to find the magic on the day, which you're always great at finding, you know, in sketches. Oh, and so that. are you, so, yeah. Ronnie. You're great at it. Did, you did you find that for this character you played like a very frustrated guy? Was that hard for you? Uh, was it uh, really uh, hard for you to find like uh, an angry guy that was angry? Do you like do you like being typecast for that kind of stuff? For being the sort anger of anger stuff? Assholeish. You weren't assholeish for this, but in some of your other pieces, like some anger, some kind of. Um... Uh, I, you know, I. Uh, am I tired of it? It depends on the the thing. I, it's very easy for me to do. Yeah. So in that sense, I don't hate it because I feel like I can. Your tap, type. Yeah. I can tap into that very easily. But um, do you wish you had opportunities to play against type or play? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I do. I do get opportunities to play against type sometimes. You know, I don't begrudge it. I mean, if it's a good, I think what I don't like is when it's you know, kind of for lack of a better term, typecast for the sake of being typecast. Sure. Sure. That's sure. when it's like, uh, yeah, we should do this one because yeah. Ronnie's angry. Yeah. Yeah. But, but if it's like, oh, this is a situation and he's an angry person, and he's, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I can. You, know. you can tap into that. I think the easiest. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the correspondence. So, yes. Especially. So in a way, it's authenticity, right? Yeah. 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 
the Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free starting May 1st with a 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Part of the big component of art yes. is your audience. Okay. Right? Yes. You would, especially for comedy, I would imagine, yeah. stand up especially. Yes, yes. They you are the to... instrument that you play. Yes. So, what happens when we go into this online world of comments, blog posts, oh. reviews? Because I know you're a big anti comment guy. Uh, you you, can't, you yeah. have bits in your stand up about Yeah, you know, I'm anti comment. I'm anti unqualified people on social media, kind of. You know, whatever they feel in a given second, as though it's gospel. You don't like that. I don't. I don't like. You that. don't like people. Do you do not like the judgment, or do you not like that they're not of the caliber to be able to make such claims? I I don't like the lack of qualifications in the claims, and also don't like the the emphasis we put on the on their claims. Who's, so even who, this, who would who puts like well, me you, even this even now? us right now ask talking about it, it's almost like well we shouldn't really care about it. You know. Do you yeah. feel the same way about like just like art critics in general or? critique in general yeah i think so i think there's uh i think there's qualified critics sure you know uh, i think there's a lot of unqualified critics i think uh, we can universally agree that unqualified critique is kind of like unnecessary noise sure. i don't think it helps anything sure so we all agree on that so meaning that not all criticism is valid or not I mean, all criticism is equal you know i sure. think that you don't necessarily need to go to like journalism school or like sure. write for the wall street journal to have as critique of like a play, for example, as sure. like a guy that goes to a play, sure. and you know, I I think I think there is kind of a sort of what's it called a gatekeeping for art criticism. Yes, and that, I, I and like you agree with that. Oh yeah, I like you gatekeepers. Talked about that on your episode. Yeah, I love gatekeepers. I love I I think <laughs> gatekeepers are what make it. I mean, that's why you know when you got a job, I knew you were good. Because of the gatekeepers, sure. to get into the Daily Show. You yeah, know? no, I agree. Yeah. But yeah. I think when it comes to commentary, yeah. it's yeah. and speech, yeah. right? Because this is speech. Yeah. It's a little bit looser no, I... than a gatekeeper. That's like, oh, do you know how to use a camera? Do you know how to yeah. craft a story? Gatekeeping opinions to me is kind of, I don't know, a little elitist. Bit... It's very elitist. I wouldn't call it like classist, yeah. but I would say that it definitely classist. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. But but no. But here's your point though. Here, here, I I I take your point about like you're trying to open up the ability for people to the validity of people to criticize sure. or, or give and comments you can on just, art. And you could say I don't agree with this person. Yes. But but here's here's kind of my broader point because I can accept that as okay. what you said as a as a like okay that's a reasonable point of view, um, which is not completely wrong and you know. Obviously, when we say like "fuck all these critics," there's a there's a bit of a hyperbole in it. Hyperbole, hyperbole yeah. involved in it. But the truth of the hyperbole yeah. is that it's very hard to make things. Sure, I agree. We, with we that. can all agree. I agree with that. Making anything is very difficult. Yes, it's very easy to shit on things. I agree with shitting that. on things takes zero effort. Yes, and so that's kind of the core of my. my and I would issue agree with, with you on that for sure. Is that. Yeah, we spend a lot of time making stuff and we we'll prefer, you know, the, we pull our effort into making things. And so for people to sit on a toilet while taking a shit right. and, and look at something for two seconds and go blah, blah. Yeah. I've been doing comedy not that long, you know, since 2009. So what, I'm in my 14th year now. Wow. Not not that long, you know, still baby by comedy standards, I think, or at least midlife or, or early, you know, 20s in my, whatever the analogy is. 
But like, I've seen a lot of criticism, you know, yeah. uh, of myself, of other people. And a lot of it was like, this is totally not valid. Like sure. the way which they come at it, like they don't even get the uh, originating premise. They don't get like, oh, you're trying to be ironic. Got they missed the whole thing. They missed the whole thing. Sure. And sincerely missing it is just ignorance and stupidity, which is forgivable. But then there's another one, which is like kind of more malicious. I see. Whereas they're trying to critique and they're yes. trying to... They're trying to bring you down for no reason. I agree. You know? And yeah, that I, I don't I don't like that energy. That's that's that's, that's where all this comes from. Is like I don't like the energy of people who just kind of complaining without making anything for themselves and yeah. you know and, and thinking that that's legitimate, you know. Totally. I don't think that's legitimate. I couldn't help but notice you had a great Instagram post oh, yeah? of you in front of Times Square oh, yeah, fourteen yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Hannah, your then girlfriend, yes. now wife. Yes, yes. And then a, another post where it was you nowadays. And you, nowadays, nowadays, it's you now, yeah. and it's your you're on Times Square billboard sure. to promote your Radio City sure. call, which is easier than you think it would be. To no, it's yeah. hard to get to Radio City. Radio City is hard, but billboard Times Square billboard is very doable. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> well, that's good to know. So if yeah. you're out there and you got money, yeah. go get a billboard. Yeah, billboard yeah. But doesn't I mean, aside from it being yes. a nice humble brag, yes. isn't that sort of the proof in the pudding that you don't even really need to address these people? Because you have Oh, you're that. making my point for me. Okay. That's yeah. what I'm saying is yeah. you have the receipts, so to speak, to to say that at least I'm doing something right in my industry that my industry is repaying me for. Yeah, yeah. But but you know, I kind of I think uh, to your point anyway, yeah. A a good evolution of yourself as an artist is when you truly don't care about that stuff and you're not just saying it. Meaning when you truly don't care about the critics and you're letting your work speak for itself. And yeah. I truly believe that now, you know. I'm not just saying it. Obviously, you know, shitty comics make me angry, but the the time it makes me angry becomes less and less. And if you truly move beyond it, meaning letting your work speak for itself, and and, yeah. and so that so I think that's where I am right now, where you just focus on the work, and it's not so much like fuck the haters now. It's more like no, I just want to make cool stuff now. Gotcha. You know? Yeah, and that's that's where I'm coming from. I think that's a that's a better energy to have as a comic, as a creator, as an artist, right? I don't think you want to be making from hate. Do haters stick with you more than lovers? Or whatever you would call the opposite of a hater, supporters. Because um, you have obje- I, I objectively I tried to find more hateful comments yeah. on the YouTube videos yes. to bring here today to rest <laughs> you with, yeah. and there were overwhelmingly more supportive comments. Now, some the most of the comments were like, uh, <laughs> "Wait, one of them they were like, so oh, how how freaking extra cute is Ronnie with his messy hair.'" How cute is Ronnie with bangs? <laughs> I did see any of Ronnie Chang is adorable with his hair tussled. So oh, yeah. my, other than being, I guess, in a weird way, like wanting to be taken care of like a baby to some of these people. Sure. I shared this clip with my aunts and they loved it. Oh, yeah, that was an interesting comment an interesting because, one, yeah. Uh, yeah, it seemed like that a lot of people, for whatever reason, yes. seemed to love you and not oh. shit on your art as much. Sure, sure. But do you feel the same amount of... Because I feel like sometimes negativity can stick with people a yeah. little bit yeah. stronger than yeah. I think support. Well, I think a lot of the to that to answer your question, I think um, a lot of the job now as a co- comedian. I can't speak to other art forms, but as a comedian, a lot of it is not overreacting to people's yeah. overreaction because that, like you said, it's a very small minority. Yeah, and sometimes we let that stick with us more, you know. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not just saying this to sound cool, but like I think I've moved beyond that a lot you know in terms of um not caring about you know and and focusing more on like making good stuff and not overreacting to a minority of people who don't like it because yeah. like you said like the proof of the pudding is in what you've accomplished in real life yeah. you know you've managed to sell real estate so i must be doing something right yeah meaning 
when people don't like it, it's my job to not part of my job is to not overreact to the to the other to the you know minority of people who don't. One of the comments for your host day was the Asian guy isn't very funny, but if he can fix the Middle East, hire him full time. Oh, okay. Well, so that's, you, is that a good one? I feel like that's a fifty-fifty, right? That's yeah. not that's not entirely bad, right? That's like a he's good not, one. You're, well, he's saying you're not funny, and that's your career. That's yeah. basically your entire job. Yeah, but he's also saying. You fix the Middle East crisis, which yeah. is not your job. So he's complimenting <laughs> you for something you have really no yeah. authority. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, the other comment on the same video of, for the co-host yeah. was Michael Costa made this funny. So oh, I guess he oh, was damn. a little bit funnier. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I guess the intended host got COVID if Ronnie is hosting tonight was yeah. the other one. Well, I'm as surprised as that person was that I got the host. <laughs> so. The final question I had for you, because I tried to find one legitimate, as you said, review yeah. of any of your week of hosting. Yeah. And there wasn't a ton. Well, my day. My day. Your day. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And the one re- review I kind of found was yeah. about the sketch that we made. Yeah. It was in HuffPo. Oh. And I'm pretty sure it was written by AI. It was there was a <laughs> there was a guy that was it was attached to a name of a man. Uh-huh. But the way it was written, the sin, right. and not to like drag this guy, but the way it was also it was like Ronnie Chang is Trump's scheduler. Like it didn't right, right, know right, right, that, right. that maybe they didn't watch it. Right, right. They didn't know you were playing a character. Right. And it basically, yeah, I I was I was wondering. Are you and happy he, that AI is going to take over <laughs> all of block like the Sports Illustrated thing just happened? And I'm sure, did you hear about that? No, no. Sports Illustrated, which yes. just found out most of their articles were written by AI. Really? And the people working there didn't even know about it. Like wow. The writers working there. That's hilarious. So instead of like addressing it, Sports Illustrated just deleted all of their articles from online wow. that were AI. AI, you're asking me what would... Uh, Are you how- happy that AI will replace all these people you hate? Because a lot of AI review is just kind of like, it's more just... Vanilla. Here's what happened. Yeah, here's what happened. And it w- and like they use words like yes. humorous and they use words like send up. Like I it's guess. very g- generic, but it's never bad. I I wouldn't say I haven't read an AI article that's negative. I I love <laughs> they haven't learned how to be negative. Yeah. Uh I would say I'm glad that AI is replacing these idiots Good. uh because I don't think anyone should be paid professionally to complain with They're paid like Maybe like two dollars. I hope they get paid less. Okay. Yeah. but um, <laughs> I, I guess it'll just make it more. It'll, it'll add to the illegitimacy of critiquing. I see, which helps me. That helps you because then I'm like, and then you could be like, this review is fake. I I could be like, all review is pointless. Yeah, because it's all uh, it, it. You can't separate the good ones from the bad ones. So just ignore all of it and judge for yourself. What do and, you like? And to that point, that's kind of why I think you gravitate towards stand up because you have to have an in real person. Yeah. validation yes that's yes, like yes. a physical you see that's a real laughing. in the moment you see yes, yes. that validation immediate... or that scorn happening in real time yes 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 100 100 right. yeah all right well well I don't know right, if we solved Chang, anything we yeah, solved but... the com- the stand-up comedy but thanks conundrum. for bringing i didn't know you're gonna bring in the hateful comments that's really i have funny. so many I, again not a lot of hateful comments everyone loves ronnie chang oh, and uh yeah we uh thanks for joining us yeah. here in the studio thank you it's so hot uh thanks for and everyone at home thank you for listening Can we get a, a fan in here to the no what it's is? we're almost done to the daily show ears it's edition a good goddamn sauna we'll here. see you next time all right see you play guys. the song Explore more shows from The Daily Show Podcast Universe by searching The Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central Podcast. 
AI is making waves in every field it touches. President Biden is now on TikTok and the election draws closer each day. With so much going on in the world, it is hard to keep up with it all, let me tell you. Hi, I'm Kai Rizdal, the co-host of Make Me Smart. It's a podcast from Marketplace. And every weekday, Kimberly Adams and I break down the latest in business and the economy with short daily episodes to make it easy for you to stay in the know. Listen to Make Me Smart wherever you get your podcasts.